Assalamu alaikum. Uh, peace be with all of you. It's an honor to be here today, and I want to thank the organizers for having me. Uh, in the name of God, the most gracious, the most compassionate, all praise is due to God Almighty, and peace and blessings are sent upon our beloved messenger, the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, and uh, just in starting, this is the first time I've actually had to start entirely in English, so thank you, uh, Women's Mosque of America, for having me do this in this way because it's taught me a lot, uh, even in preparation. We are here today to, I would say, commemorate and to honor and reflect upon and enjoy a very sacred relationship, which is the relationship between a mother and a daughter. And not just a physical mother or daughter, but the mother figure and the daughter figure. Um, a mother figure can be any female figure who is a teacher and mentor, um, a confidant, someone that you can lean on, an older sister figure maybe, an aunt figure maybe, um, a spiritual guide, a teacher, and a daughter figure is someone who comes to you seeking to learn and benefit from your life experience, from your unique gifts, from, from all of the wonderful things that God has bestowed upon you. Um, and they're coming to you with eagerness, with love, sometimes with a little bit of resentment, maybe, maybe with some, you know, natural level of rebelliousness. Um, and this mother-daughter relationship is something that is both beautiful and uh, sometimes, you, you know, just to be frank, uh, it can be very strained. Now, I wanted to start off by thinking about some of the mother figures that, I draw strength on personally when I look at their lives um, in our history. And our mother, uh, Miriam, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is someone whose life is, we, we only know glimpses from her life, but even those glimpses are really, really powerful. Uh, as a mother, for example, I have a three-year-old son, something that I can never fathom is having to hide a pregnancy. Something I can never fathom is having to deliver completely alone with no human support. Something that I would find you know, difficult to imagine is, and, and unbearable even, is to be accused of the kinds of things that she was accused of. And you find something similar actually in the example of our mother Aisha, uh, the wife of the Prophet, the beloved wife of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And she didn't have physical children, but she had many spiritual children, uh, both male and female. And she was someone who also, despite her greatness, was misunderstood by some and uh, slandered by others. Um, you look at the life of our mother Khadija, and you could say that she lived through probably the most unglamorous periods of the Prophet, peace be upon him's life. I mean, the fact that she passed away uh, in, after enduring the year of economic boycott, that it was the boycott that killed her. And yet, she has this great place in as being one of the four blessed women of paradise. And then uh, uh, Fatima, the prophet's daughter, gives us a beautiful example of how to both be an incredible daughter and to be an incredible mother. She was the mother of um, Hassan and Hussein. Um, she also had a daughter. and. Um, she is thought to have carried much of the spiritual teachings of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And it's, it's amazing to me that from the four great women of paradise, that two of them are a mother-daughter combo. And yet we don't know very much about 
what happened between Khadija and Fatima. May Allah be pleased with them both. We don't have a whole lot of information, but yet we know that they have this high rank above all other women. Um, and so when we reflect on their lives, and uh, finally I would say the, 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 uh, the life of Asiya, the wife of Pharaoh, and she was a mother figure, she was the mother figure of Moses, and uh, she had a very different life. She was married to the world's greatest tyrant. And something that I can appreciate from all of these examples, actually I thought to myself, what are the three biggest takeaways from the lives of these women on my, for myself personally? And I guess I'll, I'll let you guys think about that for yourself too. Uh, if you could think of these women that are honored above all other women, um, what is it about their lives that inspires you? that moves you, that makes you feel like uh, you can be better, you can be greater, you can face your challenges. For myself, uh, when I look at their lives, uh, the first takeaway uh, that, that really uh, stays with me is that they teach us how to be great devotees of God, uh, not devotees of the world or status or position or wealth or men or any other um, I would say symbol or thing in this that that is a created thing they teach us how to be devoted to god first and foremost and in this especially when we see the way that they face their different tests and trials um and that could be a much longer discussion because each one of them deserves a full lecture just just reflecting on this concept how were they so fully devoted to god above all else above you know aisha was her, she loved the Prophet, peace be upon him, but you see in the test of her being slandered that she was ultimately still a devotee of God above that, right? As much as she's devoted to her husband, who is the greatest of God's creation, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And yet her spiritual liberation in that when she was tested, she couldn't even rely on him. She couldn't rely on her family. She could rely on no one to defend her, so she relied on God. And yet her humility and that she did not, she expected maybe the Prophet, peace be upon him, to have a dream of her innocence, but revelation was sent down to clear her name of all, of all accusations. Uh, the second uh, lesson, and it's very much related, is that they teach us how to be resilient and resourceful in the face of great tribulation, both physical and emotional. They teach us how to be strong. You know, when I think of the stories of these great women um, and how strength can look like different things at different times, uh, none of them had a very easy life, right? None of them had this life that was just without hardship, without toil, without difficulty. But they taught us how to weather those storms. Um, and to do so with grace and to do so while still having a very high opinion of their Lord. Because it's easy to bear a burden or bear a test and then think and then fall into things like feeling badly about faith or feeling badly about God. But they held God in the highest esteem even during the most difficult and painful moments of their lives. And number three is they teach us how to be ourselves, guided by our values and our principles and not ourselves guided by our whims, our desires, our weaknesses. So not that they didn't have weaknesses, but that they built a life that was not trying to be something else or different than what they were, something that embraced who they were and all of their, you know, um, 
I would say, special gifts and special challenges in life, they were themselves. They gave us permission to be ourselves. But to seek to be ourselves in a, in a, in a, in a way that is um, grounded in integrity, grounded in values, grounded in principles. I look at someone like Aisha, عنها, and she was someone who was naturally eloquent. She was an orator. She could drop poetry uh, on some situation that would happen and occur. She was someone who continued to teach after the Prophet, peace be upon him's death. And she was also a natural leader. Um, Khadija was a businesswoman. Uh, in, in the case of um, Fatima, we know that she was extraordinarily hardworking. And that they did have, again, they did have different qualities and different, uh, I want to say, talents. But you don't. In, in, in today's world, I think women are taught to be something other than themselves in order to be strong or something other than themselves in order to be great. And in their examples, I just see people who tried their best. They weren't trying, they weren't striving for perfection. They were just trying, they were just trying their human best. Um, and God saw that in all of them and honored that in all of them. Now, healthy mother-daughter figure relationships are, are, are they, they often occur in a way that's where there's a dual synergy, where you have this great mother figure, but you also have this great daughter figure. It's both of them enjoy that relationship because there's a, it's, it's symbiotic, each one sort of feeding off of each other's energy. And uh, in situations where that has been witnessed, you find that it's personal example in the place of the mother, the woman who act, who doesn't just instruct with words, but instructs with her life, um, as well as a gentle and compassionate and merciful touch, which is, as uh, Dr. Amr Farooq Abdullah uh, says so well in one of his articles, that mercy is the stamp of creation and it is the hallmark of the faith of Islam. So a wonderful mother figure has both that example in her teaching, but, she's, but she also is able to pass that teaching down with compassion and mercy. On a personal level, I can say that I've always struggled with mother figures. <laughs> not Interestingly, not with my mother. My own mother, alhamdulillah, is an amazing mother. She's my physical mother. My biological mother is incredible to me. If I was just 1% of her, I'd consider myself a very fortunate person. But when it comes to religious teaching in particular, um, and I studied abroad, I wasn't here when I was doing my studies, it was very hard for me to find uh, a female mentor or teacher that, um, that I could give the same level of deference that I, that I actually wanted to. I, I, I was always searching for that perfect female teacher. And maybe that was part of my problem is that I was searching for someone perfect. Um, and when it came to male teachers, I never expected them to be perfect so I could learn from them. But when it came to someone of my own gender, I, I you know, I had dreamt up of a, of a superwoman. She has to be like this and like this and like this and like this. And I'm like, she just doesn't exist. Um, and if I were to hold actually my male teachers to the same standard of the, that I held my female, this, this ideal, idealized female teacher figure, um, I wouldn't have any teachers at all. So um, one of the things that really helped me to, in, in, in learning from female teachers is to uh, indulge myself in curiosity and allow myself to discover them rather than trying to expect them to be something. Uh, now that being said, some of the hardships I've had with female teachers, and they weren't, in Egypt you have different levels of like access, so it could be a teacher in a classroom, could be a teacher in a public space. But what I noticed from many female teacher or mother figures, um, as it relates to like teaching religion, is they often mimicked like, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Matilda, but like Mrs. Trunchbull. 
right? Um, it, there was literally a class where we had to stand up and stop the teacher from possibly physically assaulting a student, and that was not uh, a pleasant experience because she was teaching fiqh. <laughs> so, um, but it was that I observed in women sometimes, in female teachers, that they were trying, in order to gain the authority of the male teacher, they would try to behave like the male sheikh. Not allowing themselves just to be themselves, not allowing themselves just to be female, to wear flowers, <laughs> you know. It, it, it's similar actually in the American workplace. Why do women who work in corporate America have to wear gray and black suits? Like, why? Why, why does that mean you're more professional than wearing pink or, or, or flowers or whatnot? Um, so the point is, is that I, I, the teachers tended to be very harsh, the female teachers. Um, and for that reason, it was very hard to take them as a, as a personal guide. The other quality was that they tended to um, either have an understanding, like if they were inspiring to me of, of what I could do as a woman, a lot of times they had extraordinarily like, negative perceptions of men. Um, and because I have four brothers and a wonderful father, it's hard for me to be a man-hater because I, I love my family. I don't see those things reflected in my own family. So I, it, I couldn't harbor those same negative attitudes towards men. Um, although I definitely did relate to some of them, <laughs> to be honest, but I, I just, it wasn't something that I could, uh, could sustain, you know, given my own lifestyle. And the second thing was that sometimes if they actually had a, a, a kind or merciful or compassionate approach to uh, male and female relationships, um, something that I would find is maybe what their attitude about being a woman was something I couldn't relate to. And for that reason, it was always very strained. And I was looking into why, what are the reasons that a mother-daughter relationship can be strained? And one of them is that um, oftentimes, and I, this is a lesson to me both as uh, a daughter, a lesson to me as someone who might play the role of a female mentor for some, um, which is that when a mother figure is giving advice to her son, she's much more likely to listen because she recognizes difference right away. But when she's giving advice to her daughter, she's less likely to listen because she thinks she already knows. And so what's, what's, what's creating that tension in the relationship is the inability to discover the other person as they are. And um, the expectations that come with thinking that you know. I mean, how many times have mothers gotten together and before you know it, everyone is telling someone else how to mother their children. Don't hold them like this, hold them like that. Don't put, the, why, why aren't they wearing socks? You know, there's all sorts of things in which we, we feel the need to just tell each other how it's supposed to be done based on our own paradigms. Um, and so there's really, there's two narrations in the time of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and I, they're very subtle narrations, but I, I love to take deep meaning out of like some of the most subtle things, um, because I think they're, they're, they're layered if we look at them. And I wanted to share them as ways in which we can improve our mother-daughter relationships um, and in, in terms of, you know, what is a, um, what is the nature of a, a good mother figure? What is her disposition towards her children? Uh, there's a narration that's related in Bukhari about a woman who comes to the house of Aisha radiallahu and she has her two daughters with her and she's very poor and she's asking for some charity. And this narration is, it, it's, it blows my mind because one, she felt comfortable enough to go to the house of the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him and talk to um, Aisha and, and she could relate to her in that way. She could trust her in that way with being in, 
in the most vulnerable and in the most maybe embarrassing situation possible, go to the highest authority and expose yourself like that. Um, and so the way that she trusted Aisha is something telling. And then also that when Aisha is looking in the house to try to give something to this woman, the only thing she can find is one date, which tells you about this, you know, uh, the life that Aisha uh, anha, lived. Uh, and when she finds that one date, she gives the whole date to the mother. And the mother looks at her two daughters and she divides the date in half and she gives half to one daughter and half to the other daughter and she doesn't eat anything herself. And she leaves. And Aisha is so moved by this experience that when the Prophet ﷺ, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, comes home, she tells the Prophet about this. And uh, the Prophet tells her that her two daughters are going to be her screen on the Day of Judgment from punishment because of this devotion that she showed for her daughters. And the disposition, the natural disposition of a great mother is that she prefers her daughter over herself. She naturally loves her daughter so much more than she loves herself. And she doesn't hesitate to sacrifice for her in wanting the well-being of her daughter. Um, the, 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 the healthy and natural relationship is that, is to prefer the daughter over yourself. Now, what is the disposition of the daughter figure towards the mother? There's another narration, um, and this is related in the Sunan, uh, in the collection of Abi Dawood, uh, where a companion of the Prophet, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he narrates that a woman uh, had made a voyage and uh, she vowed that she would fast for one month if she was able to make this voyage in peace and security without being harmed, without anything happening. And um, this woman, when she arrived to where she arrived to, this, she was able to arrive in peace and security, but she passed away before she could do this fasting for a month. And so the daughter, and the narrator is confused, maybe it's a daughter, maybe it's a younger sister. Um, the daughter comes to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and, he, and she asks the Prophet about this. And the Prophet instructs her to complete her mother's fasting, for her to, do, to take on that uh, oath of her mother and to do that month of fasting. And so one of the, there's a lot of things to take from this second narration as well. One of them is that, um, that this mother who made that oath about fasting for a month, um, even though a person makes an oath like that and it's between usually them and God, her daughter knew about it. Which means, what kind of relationship did she have with her daughter? That her, her daughter knows about something that's very intimate in terms of the way that the mother relates to God, but her daughter is involved in that. The second thing is uh, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, when people would come and ask him questions, he would give them answers for which they were um, most naturally predisposed to. So he wasn't telling someone, go and do this, expecting them to say, but I don't want to or but I can't, but that this is something that, are, that the person asking would want to do on behalf of their uh, mother. And one of the lessons I take from this is this idea um, that the daughter recognizes and appreciates her mother's struggle and knows her mother's story and then can, uh, helps carry her mother's burden as best as she can. Because a daughter is very much, a, a great daughter figure is very much like a best friend and supporter and ally. Um, a great daughter figure can, uh, is someone that a mother figure can lean on. And it's not just the mother who has to be strong, but sometimes it's the daughter that, um, that a mother would lean on. And we know that Fatima, uh, may Allah be pleased with her, is someone who supported her father, who was the greatest man. Uh, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and she was a supporter to her parents. So looking at that and thinking about our own mothers 
And even in this story, someone could say, well, why does the daughter have to fast for a month? She didn't make the vow. Maybe the daughter's thinking to herself, you know, it's not good to make oaths in the first place. Mom, you didn't need to do that. Now I got to take care of it because you went and did that. Like there's none of that really, there's not discussion because love and mercy and devotion and trueness to each other in the relationship is so much that a person, you know, the daughter wants to be there on that level with their, for their mother to help carry the mother's burden. Um, sometimes I hear stories about uh, daughters will say, my mom is a workaholic. Like if there's no work in the house, she creates work in the house and then she gets us all to do it. Um, and it's like, okay, so that's after everything your mother has done for you, you know, in life, which we can never, you know, we can never be, if we were to thank God from today until the day that we died, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be enough to thank our mothers for all that they do. Um, it takes more energy to resist helping them out <laughs> than it does to just help them out, um, to just be there for them and help them carry their burden. Um, when I, in terms of, uh, I guess, the last point I want to end on, when it comes to our own mothers, when it comes to, mo to, to mother and daughter figures in Islamic history, we just don't know our history. We just don't know the stories. Like even when I was preparing for this, I was uh, there are a number of sources that I wanted to, I wanted to bring out some stories of women that we don't know enough about. And I felt like I couldn't share those stories until I had done more research uh, myself. And I realized that one of the reasons why women tend to be hard on each other sometimes, or mothers can be hard on their daughters, or vice versa, daughters on their mothers, is that we don't know each other's full stories. When you look at biographies, we know about all of Khadija, or all of Aisha, or, you know, we know of, we know of a whole story. But a lot of times, uh, when it comes to mother-daughter relationships, or mother-daughter figure relationships, the entire biography is not exposed to us. And for, for, for myself, I'm very thankful that my mother told me about her childhood, about when she went to college, about when she met my dad, about having kids, about you know every phase of her life in Afghanistan, about escaping from Afghanistan, about the traumatic times and the difficult times as well as the wonderful times. I know the story of my grandmother. I know the story of her patients. I know the stories of their struggles. And just their stories is enough to create more resilience in me because I don't... I don't see myself as coming from a lineage of people who don't know how to be strong. Instead, it creates a sense of if, if, if my mother did it, and my grandmother did it, and my grand, great-grandmother did it, then I have it in me to do it as well, to be strong as well in the way that they were strong. So uh, my advice to, to all of us is to be vulnerable with one another in sharing our stories with our daughters and with our mothers, and to allow curiosity to get the better of you, in that... Um, and that you never fully, even if you've raised someone, they're a creation of God, right? So they are still, there is still so much mystery to a daughter that you, that you carried and held and raised. There's still a lot of mystery there. And to never give up being curious upon that. Never think, I know everything there is to know because only God knows everything there is to know. Um, feel, you know, be curious about your daughters. Be curious about uh, your mothers and know their stories. Um, and the last one is when it comes to learning from mother figures, one of the things that helped me to reconcile uh, my own challenge was to learn the stories and look at women in that way in a whole way, where they come from a completely different paradigm than I do, but to try to see the great things they have to teach others and to teach me in light of their own context and circumstances. So I've been able to benefit from women who cover their faces, right? And, and it's not something I do. Um, it's not something I would do, uh, but I've been able to appreciate what I can learn from them. 
Um, I've been able to learn from women who don't talk to male audiences, even though I talk to male audiences. I've been able to learn from women who may not wear a headscarf at all, but they have so much to teach me when it comes to having mercy and compassion with other human beings as, uh, you know, as they relate to God. Um, try to take good from one another. Uh, try to take good from mother figures, I want to say. Um, looking, up, looking at them within their context as a whole person and not just one particular angle, while feeling like it is safe for us to hold our own opinions, always, without that making us judgmental about someone else holding different opinions. And in that way, I think we can benefit from a whole lot of mother figures out there. And I would even argue there are mother figures out there who are not even Muslim, like Muslim, but they have a lot to teach us. Um, and wanted to end with that. Whatever I said that is beneficial is from God Almighty, and whatever I said that is wrong and mistaken is from myself and my enemy, <laughs> and our enemy. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum.